a lot of things we also can t- consider alternative. Like we don't have to. Um, we oh, can consider totally. that to be something that's normal. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Road to Thriving podcast. My name is Claire and I am your host. This podcast is all about demystifying and celebrating what it means to thrive as a traveler and to pursue dreams of living life differently. Road to Thriving is all about debunking this myth that we must survive in order to live a life full of adventure, showing that there are many roads to thriving in an alternative traveling lifestyle, giving you the inspiration and tools to pursue your own thriving life of travel, adventure, and dreams of living life differently. Have you guys ever noticed that the more you begin to embrace this different kind of lifestyle, the more it begins to open your eyes to different ways of living and thinking outside of the norm? Well, this was my case. So the more I stepped into this lifestyle, the more I began to see that there was these different possibilities of thinking and believing things and beliefs that I was initially instilled with that they weren't necessarily the only way to think about things. More specifically, the way that I was brought up to believe certain topics, certain norms, weren't necessarily things that were serving me or allowing me to feel like I was thriving in this new lifestyle. So that is why I have decided to create this new segment. Today is this new segment of redefining. In these segments, I sit down with different thought leaders and experts to open up these conversations and discussions around redefining what is considered normal when it comes to pursuing a more alternative way of living. Today, I have the absolute pleasure to sit down with Laura Bachevsky. Laura is a traveler and has a passion and background in sex education and advocacy. And she is the host of the newly launched podcast, Sex Outside. In this episode, if you haven't already guessed it, we are sitting down to redefine the relationships we have with our bodies around sex and with our own nature while pursuing these more alternative ways of living. In this episode, we dive into everything around this conversation. We're going to dive into how we are so culturally conditioned to be ashamed of our bodies and of sex and how this can be so harmful. We discuss while an alternative lifestyle primes us to question these beliefs as well as take a deep dive into some of the ways that we can begin to unpack and redefine these norms and beliefs for ourselves into ways that better serve us and allow us to thrive. Alrighty guys, let's get to the episode. Alrighty, Laura, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Claire? You know what? Um, Just one of those days, as we discussed when we jumped on the call, my computer hopefully has not died, but um, yeah, I'm feeling the nerves right now because I'm really anxious about my computer, but I'm just going to breathe through that and (laughs) hope it's okay. (laughs) That's really all you can do. Just like clear it, move on. Mm. And then yeah, hopefully it'll be fine. I know that totally things have to deal with that. So for anyone who's listening, um, you are a very long-term podcast host of a few different shows. Um, So I'm sure you have experience with this kind of thing. Has this ever happened to you where your computer's just like not worked? (laughs) Um, You know, yes, but under totally different circumstances. I 
have recorded in some pretty extreme temperatures before mm-hmm. <laughs> and still do actually. I have, um, I'm based in Moab, Utah and I live in like a stationary home now, but I still record out of a small trailer. In fact, I'm sitting in it right now. It's like a little vintage oh, cool. travel trailer. Yeah. It's so fun to, you know, kind of have like the road still be a part of my podcasting process, but the downside is that it's not insulated and I live in the <laughs> desert, so it can get into like triple digits in here. And I've had my computer overheat on a number of occasions. Oh, no. And, uh, yeah, so I've just learned that when it's really hot out, I either don't record or if I have to, that, I mean, I've like strapped like ice packs and cold beverages <laughs> to the back of my device before to make it happen. So yeah, anyone who's ever recorded with me in the summer, that's probably what my situation looked like. <laughs> that's so funny. And to yourself, I imagine I like, I couldn't actually imagine anything worse than recording in the heat. It's tough because you're trying to act normal, but you just, you have to Switch. close all your windows. Yeah. You're sweating. You just, it's yeah. You just want to not sound strained, but you're like, oh, I, get out. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> Oh, funny. Very cool. Well, uh, for anyone like listening, you are the wonderful host of the newly released Sex Outside podcast, but you've also been another podcast host. Um, But we're going to primarily focus today on the sex outside. Um, One thing I actually heard it from your podcast. I can't remember the exact episode, but one of your guests said, as you start to embrace a more alternative lifestyle, it begins to open your eyes to different ways of living and thinking outside of the norm. I don't know if I'm quoting that exactly, but that was kind of the theme. And that really spoke to me because it's, it's really true. And that's what this, like this particular segment is all about this redefining when we're embracing a new different kind of lifestyle. There are these, like, I don't know, these like blinders are lifted and we get to see things from new perspectives. And so as the host of Sex Outside, I I honestly, I love when I saw it initially, I was like, that is genius. Like, it's so true. Just like merging these like two seemingly very different things and bringing them together so beautifully. And yeah, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. And specifically around this idea of like sex and shame and our bodies um, and how that intersects with the outdoors and nature. Um, so before we dive into like that deep topic, I'd love to hear from you, like what got you into like sex education in the beginning? Like how did it all begin? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, and I'm really glad that you pulled that quote too. That was from Alina Drofovka, who, um, has done a lot of traveling herself and has done a lot of through hiking and was on our episode about polyamory. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was, that was a great quote that she said and really tied it together. And I think this segment that you're starting as well as a part of your show, like it's just, it's very seamless (laughs) in that way. Um, but yeah, rewinding the clock a little bit, let's see what got me started in sex education was I mean honestly like I I haven't really talked about this in terms of like my own personal story but like Mm -hmm. I have a very personal connection as a teenager like Mm -hmm. needing sexual health services like I grew up in a very religious household where we didn't talk about birth control and Mm -hmm. so uh, I didn't, I, I think I correctly assumed that it wasn't going to be a super welcome topic to mm-hmm. talk about wanting to get on the pill with my family yeah. when I was about 16, 17. And I ended up being able to access services through a re- reproductive health clinic where I was able to get free birth control for a year. Yeah, um, cool. it was amazing. Yeah. And, uh, 
changed my life in a really positive way because um, I was able to avoid any like unplanned and unwanted pregnancy at that age. Totally. And so with that, I think that really sparked my desire to mm-hmm. continue um, learning more about the importance of these services. And I ultimately in college ended up doing a lot of public policy advocacy, outreach and education for college age students um, yeah, cool. and was the leader of a group there. So that's really what got me like started. And then mm-hmm. it's kind of been like a lifelong thing ever since then that I've really recommitted to in the last year. Love that. And so you initially, as we said at the beginning, you were a host of a different podcast. So you didn't initially start Sex Outside. I'd love to kind of hear how you went from entering this other podcast space and like, how did the idea of this new podcast come about? And yeah, what got you inspired? Yeah. Um, so for those of you, for those who are listening, who recognize my voice, but maybe haven't made the connection, um, I used to host a popular road travel podcast called Women on the Road, um, which ended um, in 2020 and has since become Nomads at the Intersections, um, hosted love by it. the Diversified Van Life team. Yeah, they're amazing. I just gotta um, like say that I love what you guys did there. I think that was like, oh, just so, I, I love it. They're fantastic. I'm so glad that they wanted to, um, you know, really help evolve the conversation to Mm. where things can go and what I think and a lot of folks think should go when it comes to how the van life community can continue to evolve and grow, which is great. Mm. Um, Just a shout out to Naomi and Anais. You all have been doing (laughs) such a job on that front. But anyway, um, so with that show ending, I had actually already been thinking about another show. To be honest, I don't know why. I, I just did <laughs> kind of a thought experiment. I love starting new projects, even if I'm too busy, I guess. And it was uh, summer of 2019. I was sitting around and I just decided to do a thought experiment, which I mean, now I would encourage anyone to do this thought experiment, but I was just asking myself like, okay, what are the things that I love mm. and what would it look like to combine some of those things? Like, is mm. there is there a way to combine some of the things that I love? And I was like, well, I love sex ed um, and I love the outdoors. And I was like, I wonder if I could do a show called Sex Outside and just start (laughs) start coming out. And uh, (laughs) I wrote down a list of topics and I actually texted some close friends. I didn't even tell the team that I was working with at the time because I... I'm notorious for just throwing out a bunch of ideas and (laughs) I didn't want to overwhelm. We were already really busy. And I was like, I don't know, we don't even have time for this, but I'll just text some friends and ask, like, do you think this is a good idea? And for those, you know, who really knew me, especially back from my like sex ed days in college. And they were like, that sounds cool, but what would you even talk about? Like, <laughs> like it sounds yeah. great, but um, yeah, it was it was a curious response, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't have time to put much more thought into this. But um, yeah, it came back around. I mean, I'm really fortunate that it, I was able to kind of revisit that idea a year later and make it happen, and here we are. And it's a very cool podcast. I've been listening in, and at first, I'm going to be honest, like the quickies, I was like, oh, this is strange. Like, this is not the kind of podcast that I'm used to listening to. I, I listen to a lot of like dialogue, like back and forth. Um, but now that I've gotten into the groove of it, I'm like, I could definitely appreciate, like, I love, it, it makes a lot of sense in the context of your show. And it's, it's super informative. I love it. 
Thank you. You know, one of my um, inspirations as like a host uh, for those who haven't listened to Science Versus with Wendy Zuckerman, <gasps> she's one of my favorite hosts. And um, yeah, I'd be I'd be lying if I said that some of the style from that wasn't inspired by what Science Versus does, where Wendy's the facilitator of conversations, but also plugs in facts where it's needed. And uh, it seemed to be a really good fit for what Sex Outside needed too. Totally. Like, yeah, absolutely. I love it. So as you were saying before, you grew up in a very religious household. Did you grow up believing that sex and our bodies was shameful? Like, was that something that was maybe not directly ingrained into you, but that was that like a belief you had? What's strange about it is no, I didn't I grow that. up believing that. Yeah. Um, my mom did a really good job of, I was, I was essentially raised watching a soap opera where there was okay. a lot of like rampant <laughs> sexual behavior. I was actually, okay. my name, Laura is based off of a soap opera character okay. um, on general <laughs> hospital. That. Yeah. So I, and I was watching that show every day since I wasn't taking afternoon naps. So like, I grew up as like a little kid <laughs> watching it. these shows and that would ask questions. And that was one of the ways my mom introduced me to talking about topics about sex. And um, so in that way, like it was really great to, mm. to be able to, as a young adult, make some of these decisions. But it was also frustrating that I think I knew that because of the way that um, religion has also uh, directed, prescribed, mm -hmm. controlled our, our bodies and sexuality, uh, and the beliefs around that and like the purity standards around that, mm -hmm. um, that I knew it wasn't really going to be a great conversation to have with my family about it. And so I just decided to do something else and make my own decisions at that point in time. Mm. I love that. Well, I, I definitely think like, <laughs> quite funny actually yesterday I was sitting down like prepping my notes getting ready and I I had approached you weeks ago talking about like get like genuinely excited to talk about this topic and so I sat down last night to write the notes on it and I realized how nervous I was to have this conversation and even as someone who is quite like I don't know super happy to talk about sex like anyone can throw anything at me um from their personal life talking in this zone and I'm usually like yeah cool like that's awesome like whatever um but the idea of talking about this in a public way as I I've heard you talk about is like a bit nerve-wracking <laughs> and it kind of made me think back like when I first started living in the van you know we were we live in Australia so we shower at the you know beach showers a lot when it's good weather and, you know, we're, we're in our swimmers and whatnot, but like when we went to more rural places, we have a shower off the back of our van. And I remember the first time, like I was showering in the middle of nowhere in my swimmers. And I realized I was like, why, why am I wearing clothes right now? Like, it's so weird. Do you know what I mean? Like why, like there's no one here, but I realized in that moment that it was because of these conditionings about my body and that it should be covered up and that it was like shameful. And like, it was so deep that I didn't even see it or realize it. And um, yeah, so I started showering naked in the middle of nowhere. And I'm going to say best experience of my freaking life. Like, <laughs> it's funny like anyone who's listening if you've never like swum naked or like had a shower in the outdoors like please book it in your calendar I don't know if you feel the same but like it's hugely transformative and so I'd love to like hear did you because you obviously you lived on the road as well um did you have an experience like that of 
delayering these conditionings when you were starting to, you know, as we said at the beginning, embracing this more alternative lifestyle? Did you have a similar experience? Oh, yeah. I mean, I <laughs> very much resonate with what you just said about the showers. <laughs> yeah, in cool. fact, the first van I traveled in um, with a former partner, we had a shower system off the back of the van. It was like just a solar bag shower, but we had a, yeah. like a hook and stuff we'd set up for it. And we had actually, we had um, a Ford Transit high roof van. So the doors would in the back open out, not up, you know, so mm. you could kind of like hook up a shower curtain like yeah, at cool. the very back so you're all boxed in and I remember I had the presence of mind and the awareness that when I was somewhere really yeah like rural and I couldn't see anyone for miles I was like oh mm. I don't have to wear a swimsuit but I would sure as hell put up the shower curtain still mm. which is so funny because it's like no one's so gonna funny. see you yeah. <laughs> um, and I would think about that sometimes and I don't know yeah it's so so interesting to think about that because you do have a lot of time when you're on the road to analyze your own responses <laughs> to things and think about what's going on and reflect. Um, you also don't because there's, you know, sometimes so, so many random things come up. Yeah. You're like, ah, I'm having a hectic day yeah. um, of living on the road. But a lot of times we do have these moments where we get to think mm. about it. And I, for me, one of the things that actually helped a lot and still does help when I'm going outdoors or traveling or doing anything is just mm. not having a mirror um, mm. I think in general, that has helped me a lot to like, I mean, I remember when I was living on the road, I think the only mirror that we really had was like, uh, like our side view mirrors, you know, like that's how I saw my face. <laughs> mm. Um, I didn't really have like a full body mirror and you just start having a different relationship. At least for me, I started having a different relationship to my body because it was very much about like how it felt. I, you know, wanted to take care of it. And, um, I didn't really know what it looked like. Um, mm. and for me personally, I think I started, yeah, just thinking about my, my own body in a different way and not even around like whether I liked how it looked or not. And, and that aspect being removed, but just the fact that I had a body <laughs> that I was taking care of and that, yeah, there's nothing shameful about it because I wasn't constantly looking at it or picking it apart or thinking things mm -hmm. about it. I was just in it. Oh, absolutely. Like I totally resonate that we, um, we have a door, like a, I don't know if you call it like a pocket door or what it is. It's the sliding door between our cabin. Um, when we first we were deciding the plan for the van. It, there was going to be like a full length mirror in, in that space. Um, because in our previous apartment, we had, you know, the big, I don't know what you call them, like the barn sliding wardrobe kind of deal. And they were just full mirror. And so I was so used to every day, like checking what I look like. And so it was just like a, a natural thing to like, Oh, I, I need that still in my life. Um, a year and something later, still have not installed it. And I do wonder if it's like subconsciously, like sometimes I'm like, I look at myself outside of my van and I look at what I've decided to wear that day. And I'm like, wow, okay, maybe I should have had a, a mirror today. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, like I completely resonate with that. Like I've definitely had to like tune into my body. And this is actually a follow-up question I had that fits very well. Um, do you think it is like these little things that we do? Like, I mean, obviously like vans are a big part of this community, but for me in particular, I really like expanding beyond that. Um, what do you think it is about like living an alternative lifestyle that allows us to begin to like question these systems and beliefs? Is it just because we are like taking a step back? I think that a lot of the reasons that 
Well, I'll say this. There are a lot of reasons that people do prescribe to the systems that we have. Like there is a perceived sense of safety in it. There is, um, there's privilege within these systems that people mm. want to hold on to. Um, so there are some very, very strong like reasons why people do this outside of what I'm about to say. So I just wanted to preface everything yeah. I'm about to say with that, but <laughs> But I think one of the other reasons that people stick with these systems is because there's a lot of fear, right? There's fear mm. of, um, you know, getting strange looks or having someone say something weird or ask you a weird question or making you feel embarrassed or ashamed or whatever it is. Um, and which is just people trying to reinforce these systems, right? So we stick with them <laughs> because totally. otherwise we wouldn't have them. And I, totally. I do think once you take a step out of that system, like you were saying, and realize that, you know, what's if the worst thing that's going to happen that you were afraid of is someone saying mm -hmm. something strange, um, then yeah, maybe someone says something strange and you're like, okay, that didn't really hurt. And in fact, I think that was kind of strange that you just <laughs> said that. <laughs> totally. um, I don't, you know, it, it validates that you don't have anything to be ashamed or embarrassed about. So then you do start thinking about all these other things and you're like, okay, well, what, what is actually necessary here? Like, what do we need to do to operate in a society, take care of ourselves, take care of each other, um, and, you know, thrive to the best of our abilities. Mm, I love that so much. Alrighty guys, this is the point in the episode where I take a break to tell you about the incredible people that support this podcast. We are supported by Wildwood. If you do not already know this brand, Wildwood is an Australian traveler-owned business. These guys create eco sunglasses. So these sunglasses are made from reclaimed wood. They have sunglasses and blue blockers. And if you want to grab a pair of your own, make sure you use the code THRIVE for 15% off your order. Alrighty, guys, let's get back to the show. And like, obviously you are someone who is very much invested in your sexual education, like understanding these beliefs. Um, why do you think there is such massive shame around sex and our bodies? Oh, wow. That's such a good <laughs> question. <sighs> it's, it's a massive I mean, one. I think so. it, <laughs> it is a massive one. And I think if you asked every, like, every sex educator or sex worker or like sex advocate in the world, they would probably have a slightly different answer. That's mm. all valid. Um, yeah. But I think like when I've been thinking on this for sex outside anyway, um, mm. a lot of it, and I, I talk about this in the premiere episode, but a lot of it for me boils down to exactly what you're talking about. Those systems, there's, um, there's, Poorly crafted sex education um, is one of the systems um, totally. that a lot of us, if we receive sex at it all, um, that we're exposed to. Um, there's, you know, religious standards and also say purity standards um, mm -hmm. that get folded into this that are like so deeply ingrained. Um, in fact, I it's strange to think I wasn't planning on talking much about religion at all in the sex outside podcast. Um, yeah. but it's already come up in, in two episodes because it's just, <laughs> it is inherently tied. So it's, totally. there's a footnote of religion here and there everywhere because it has to be. Um, and then there is also, uh, you know, when we think about like colonialism and a lot of the standards that have been put in place about our bodies in general, and that our bodies are shameful, which some of that's tied to religion, some of it's not, some of it's just mm -hmm. an effort to like control bodies. Um, like that is also something that has been folded into why sex has become shameful. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really tough. I think also too, like 
sex is always going to be some degree of difficult for people to talk about, even if we wiped all these systems away, because it Mm -hmm. is inherently very personal. People are vulnerable. And I think that it's okay to recognize that like sex isn't going to always be the most comfortable thing that we can talk about, Um, that we are going to be afraid of saying the wrong thing, that it is Mm going to hurt a little bit more if we feel, um, yeah, like we're like off key from what someone else says, or if we feel different Mm -hmm. um, or othered. And um, that's okay, because it is such an inherent part of all of us that why wouldn't we feel some hesitancy talking about it, but it certainly can be more comfortable talking about it than it is right now. So, um, yeah, I guess there's a lot of vague answers for kind of a big question, but those are some of my thoughts on it. No, I love it. So why do you think it is that we like, it's so important to have these understandings, like from my perspective, like, as you were just saying, like, we're all going to have different personal things we like, things we don't like. And I think what it really comes down to from my outside perspective is just like, understanding and acceptance um and I think that's a really a lot of what comes down to this community and being in a more alternative lifestyle is you start like I don't know you step away from what you thought was you know the norm and you start to see all these different layers and colors and things that you didn't see existing before and it's like you start to see and like almost throwing it back to nature it's like everything in nature is beautiful in its own right and we start to see it from this bigger picture And um, I don't know, I'd love to hear from you, though, what do you believe is like, why is it so important for us to have these understandings and to be proud of our bodies and our sexual preferences and other people's? Yeah, I mean, I think having an understanding and respect of sexuality and gender for ourselves and other people is so critical because it is, like I said, one of those essential things that like comprises us all as individuals and it's also unique to each person. Right. Mm. So, um, I think that part of it, like you said, like is a place of like, um, like compassion and understanding. Um, I Mm. think another place that it, like for me, it's felt more and more important, um, over the last year, especially is safety (laughs) is just Mm. like honestly there are so many people in the world who um, are marginalized because of the groups that they're part of because of their um, identities or lived experiences and the more we continue to be a part of the systems that further marginalize these individuals um, whether their identities are like you know by one identity marginalized or in an intersectional way uh, marginalized it it makes the world less safe Mm. which also makes it less compassionate and less beautiful, right? Mm. Because it's just, it's less safe for people. Um, And I think it's, it's interesting for folks to think like, if you're not a part of a marginalized group, it's interesting to think that perhaps these things don't apply to you. Because if we're living in systems that um, make people unsafe for uh, really unjust, arbitrary reasons, Mm. then, you know, it can really happen to anybody. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not a safe system for anybody. If we live in these societies that aren't taking care of people um, and are unjustly um, treating them so, so unfairly, unequally, um, and horribly sometimes. So I think when it comes to like, you know, communities that live alternative lifestyles, whether it's like, you know, living on the road or through hiking, or, you know, even having like a tiny home or whatever it is. Um, or also like within like the sex community, like the polyamory community like and all the facets under that like also falls into this category too right like there's so many facets of the sex community that also are part of this that 
I think, you know, there seems to be more of an understanding there. Like when you start stepping into these alternative lifestyles, because a lot of times you do, even though it's not systemically, like you might in small moments get othered by people who are a part of systems that they want to adhere to, that they're like, they feel a sense of like safety and privilege in them. So they're like going to other you because you live on the road or whatever the case is. But the reality is that for folks who have privilege, they can go back at, you know, at any point in time and, you know, maybe not be othered as much. So I think Mm -hmm. there is some inherent compassion and maybe a tiny bit of empathy that folks who live you know, alternative lifestyles can remember and hold on to when we're continuing to learn more about people who have identities and lived experiences that are different from us um, and learning how to, you know, stand in allyship with other folks and learning how to um, continue down the road of more justice for everybody. Because, yeah, it's it's the nice thing to do. And it's also, I think, the, the just and safe thing to do. Mm, I love that. You answered that so well. <laughs> I think um, like what my question was earlier talking about like what is it about living this alternative lifestyle that we start to question these I think you just said it perfectly there as well we because we start to be put in those shoes and like I know for myself I have a lot of privilege and it really took me to I mean I spent a lot of my life feeling like I didn't fit in and I didn't really understand why and now that I've embraced um, more of who I am and I am stepping out and I am embracing the more alternative lifestyle that I guess fits with who I am. Um, yeah. You just like start to like embrace others for their alternative ways of living. And I think, I don't know if that kind of makes a bunch of sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also um, like flipping that idea on its head too, um, which I love doing. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the things that I've learned from starting sex outside and maybe like doubled down on more from um, being a part of a sex outside community and seeing its growth already is that um, a lot of things we also can consider alternative, like we don't have to, Um, we can consider that to be something that's normal. um, Mm. And that applies as much to like sex and sexuality as it does to whether someone wants to live on the road or in a tent or wherever they want or not, um, or wherever they need to or not. And I think like, there's something that's beautiful about that too. Right. And like gives a lot of permission and space is like, we, we don't always get to choose what is deemed alternative and we don't get to choose whether we're a part of it or not. Um, sometimes we do. And that's really Mm -hmm. cool, um, that we get to do those things, but, at the same time, like we also as a society could just start looking at all these things as not alternative at all, right? And just different paths that people take and we can learn from each other and listen to each other still. And I think that that's a really beautiful thing too. Oh, I love that. Oh, and a hundred percent, like it's part of the reason I created this podcast in the beginning was like in my early twenties, I, I wanted to, I mean, I had examples of, you know, a particular kind of lifestyle that I thought I should live. And I couldn't see examples of the kind of lifestyle that I like kind of imagined for myself. And so I never really like had the faith to take the leap into that kind of unknown space. And so that's part of the reason is I wanted to give a space and stories to these kind of lifestyles so that they are a bit more normalized. So I love that you said that because that's so important. What do you think is kind of the like first steps for people who are stepping into maybe they're starting to unpack their own cultural 
cultural societal conditionings around their bodies and sex and the outdoors and maybe they've had a similar experience of like oh wow I'm showering in my swimmers and I feel really unsafe in my body to be outside and be seen um what do you think like the like steps that people can be taking resources to like start to unpack that yeah that's a great question um and it's so different for everybody, right? Because, totally. you know, there's different <laughs> things that like people feel safe in or not. And, mm-hmm. you know, in our premiere episode of Sex Outside, um, which aired back in February, but I still think about it a lot because a lot of folks were like, everyone should go skinny dipping. Um, in fact, you said it as well in here too. We hear uh, there's a lot of, I'm, we've shared like more stories since then where people are like, go skinny dipping. Yeah. Um, but, and it's great. And skinny dipping is awesome. And it might not be like the foolproof method for everybody That's to feel better about it. <laughs> yeah. And for some people it's super liberating and they feel mm-hmm. great. And some people just feel like awkward, uncomfortable, cold, unsafe, like none of the good things. Mm-hmm. Um, they might like cut their foot or whatever and be like, I'm done. Oh, no. So, um, yeah, so just know like whatever, works for you works for you. Um, I personally am more and more ascribing to the belief. And the more I think about it from my childhood, from like experiences I've had, like as a kid outdoors, learning about my body um, and wondering why we don't revisit that as adults. um, I've been more and more trying to, and that's why sex outside exists. So I think that one of the things you could do is make more connections to your body in the outdoors, whether that's just being more aware of your body when you're going on hikes, um, maybe deciding to go for a swim in a lake, you could wear clothes. You might not, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Just enjoy, um, enjoy all the senses of the outdoors. I think indulging in your senses more and more. Um, one of our first episodes, I chatted with one of my best friends, Jeanette Castellari, and she talks a lot about indulging your senses Mm -hmm. and she talks about the outdoors a bit within that as well. And I think that's always a great place to start because it's all about what you're interested in, what feels good for you. Um, it doesn't have to be inherently sexual. It can just be about, you know, reconnecting to your senses and your body. Um, and I think that within that, there's always a lot to learn about yourself and, um, and what you like. And that's a big part of what sex is all about too. Mm, That was really powerful. I think that's really important. What you just said about like, even like taking sex out of it, when we start to just think about like literally our physical bodies in nature, I can, I can just remember so many times where it's like, I guess the society that I grew up in, I don't know, this is relevant for everybody, but I was in such a hustle and go, go, go that I was like, almost like when I entered this lifestyle that was inherently, it's quite slow. Um, when you live on the road, like things take longer. And so I was so uncomfortable in my own skin in that initial phase. And I didn't even understand that's what was happening. And I, like, I hear a lot of people talk about this when they first start traveling, whether it's in a van or backpacking, whatever it looks like for them. There's this like need to like, go, 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 do, 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 because I think there's this like unsettledness that we have within our own bodies just to be. And I love that you said that like idea of just going out and being connected and taking that time. Um, was that what the journey looked like for yourself? Like, did that kind of unfold? Um, wow. Yeah. It's okay if I it didn't. <laughs> well, yeah, it didn't. And I wish that it had. Um, mm-hmm. I think there, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. I was also traveling with a partner and, yeah. um, 
yeah, that's just not where like my partner at the time was very go, 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 a very like driven, um, had goals about like being on the road and certain like, you know, athletic physical activities, which is all great. And none of this is wrong. Um, mm. but it wasn't, about, it wasn't the experience I wanted, um, personally, um, that, that did like get back to more reconnecting with myself because yeah, you're right. I think a lot of folks who do choose to live on the road, um, do so partially because they're looking for something different from what they're doing, which is possibly overwhelming or stressful or really fast paced. And, um, at least that's a lot of folks I've, I've been in contact with who've chosen this lifestyle. So, um, yeah, I didn't do that. And I wish I had. Um, and now when I do take more like mini road trips or travel, um, or just spend time outside, like I do a lot of river trips now, which are like multi-day, instead of living in a van, I'm living on a raft. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's kind of like that for me now. Yeah, it's, it's great. There's a lot less storage, but somehow river people bring the same amount of stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I am. Um, I haven't been like river. What would you call it? River rafting? Is that river rafting? Yeah. yeah. I haven't done that in like, I mean, I did canoeing when I yeah. was in school. I loved it, but I haven't done it in years. It's great. It's super great. It's a great way to, yeah, be in touch with your body. And there's, there's a lot of skinny dipping that can happen there yeah. too. There's a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of pro skinny dippers out there. Absolutely. I bet. So for yourself, like what, um, what would be like the next steps for people, obviously starting to unpack these cultural conditionings, like other resources that you recommend to people, books that you love, anything like that? There's a lot of books out there. Um, honestly, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I can send you a list. Um, yeah, I'll start by absolutely. that. I have a list somewhere that I can send you. I'm awesome. currently in school um, to become a certified sex educator um, I because I want to continue my education here. So um, I know for a fact that like my school is called the Institute for Sexuality, Education and Enlightenment, and they offer a lot of really amazing webinars that you can take without being a student. Cool. Um, so I would say part of what you can do is just seek out opportunities like that. There are also um, for free, there are so many amazing educators um, and advocates on Instagram and TikTok who are doing some really, really profound work in the sex and body liberation spaces. So I recommend following a slew of those folks. And Claire, I can send you a, a handful of those folks too that I highly recommend that are just really, really fantastic. And then um, obviously personal plug, listen to the sex outside podcast. I think yes. it's, it's a great way to normalize <laughs> some of these conversations and, you know, at least get yourself thinking. And I try to pack our show notes with tons of resources too. So you, you can continue research um, after the episode's done. That's awesome. And I guess my final question is like, just being the host of the sex outside podcast, what do you feel like is kind of like the bigger questions? Like I know that you said on, on, um, I've seen it in a few different places now, but that polyamory was one of the bigger requests what have been like the biggest questions outside of that um or including that um you know what's really cool is as I've started to get more in touch with the community who like you know reach out and send dms or emails 
more and more, I'm seeing what I saw when I started the road travel podcast as well, is that people want to hear about the things that they're already connected to. So there are folks who've reached out and been like, Hey, I'm bisexual. I'd love to hear more stories, you know, about that or from people who are also bisexual. I'm asexual. Are we going to talk about that? The answer to all of this is yes. Um, (laughs) I want to want everyone to have a voice and to talk about this. This is really a podcast for everyone. And I love that. Mm-hmm. And it's also an immense challenge to make a show that has this wide of um, a birth to it. So yeah. um, it, it might take a while, but yeah, I think more and more, it's actually become a little bit more bisected where people are, or I guess like multi-sected where people are just like, Hey, I want to hear about me, which is so fair mm-hmm. because we do live in a society right now where when it comes to sex, People aren't hearing about them because they're not hearing about anything but like very, very prescriptive, you know, white, skinny, heteronormative sex um, in in the confines of marriage. And I think that like that doesn't cover most people, um, yes. able-bodied sex, like, most <laughs> yeah. people, like the vast majority of people are missing out and they do need to be heard. Mm, I love that so much. Well, Before we head off, are there any kind of like last thoughts that you have? Any other things that are like on your soul that you want to like share to anyone who's listening? Um, the only thing that comes to mind, and I don't know when this episode is going to be released, is that May eighth is National Outdoor Intercourse Day (laughs) in the United States. So when is that? uh, I have to check. It's Saturday, May eighth. So which is coming up, and I'm just dubbing it National Sex Outside Day. (laughs) um, Love it. Basically the same thing. So anyway, um, whatever day that happens to be for you, you know, sex outside, like in its like physical sense, isn't for everybody, but also like if it is, um, and you haven't tried it or it is, and you've tried it and love it, like May is the month for it apparently. So if you're looking for a sign, this is your sign. Good to know. It's, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm, I'm a bed person. I, the outdoors is messy. (laughs) But hey, maybe this is my, this is my calling. (laughs) Give it a go. (laughs) You just need the proper prep and cleanup really. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I'm going to consider that. And I'm not going to report back if I do or don't. But uh, the enigma, let that be the enigma. Well, thank you so much for jumping on and sharing all your wisdom. Um, I think that's pretty much all I have today. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks so much, Claire. It was a total pleasure. Amazing. Thank you. Alrighty, guys, that is it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and a rating. Just let us know what you thought. If you have some feedback for us, I especially, if you have any specific feedback about this new segment, feel free to connect with me over on Road to Thriving. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I have a whole host of different ideas for this segment, different guests, different speakers, different experts that I would love to have on. But if you have a specific topic that is really coming from your heart that you would really love to hear more on, a guest in particular you would love to hear speak, then please get in touch with me. I would love to connect and hear all about it so that I can hopefully get that person on and have a bit of a chat on something that is very important to you and that you would love to hear more of. So that's pretty much it from me today. I'll see you guys next week.